Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. FST Thursday edition. Thanks for joining us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike Blue, Dean Martinez. Taking around the world of fantasy football this morning. Lots to talk about, lots to do. So I'm excited to be here. Still not 100%. Dane, doesn't sound like you're 100% either, but we're gutting it out. It's nice to hear, well, you, on with, it's nice to hear you on with uh, George Kurtz this morning. I don't often get to hear him uh, in the mornings, uh, so it's good to hear him this morning. He's a Absolutely. super professional, knowledgeable dude. <laughs> Cranky at sure times, is. but still lovable. But uh, it was good stuff. I heard you guys talking about a lot of different stuff. The quarterback carousel. Um, yep. And where you think QBs will end up next year, so we, we can touch ba- we can touch uh, on that a little bit uh, later. But my question for we you: We can do that all February too, to yeah. be quite honest. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> so, Dane, the question is: What do you do in a league when you're just about out of fab money, and you're yeah. trying to fill the back end of your roster because there's no bids or transactions come playoff time? Well, you put in dollar bids on everyone, and you lose all of them. <laughs> That's what happens, oh, really? which is what happened to me. Interesting. I tried six different players last night in our other league, and I came up. Did I get empty. any of them? Yes, you did. Did I get any? I did? Yes. Which ones? Uh, I'll go to it right now. I was looking at the wrong league. To start I was busy second. last night, man, and you had only $3 left. I had 300 and something. So imagine me literally lying in bed last night being like, okay, I want to make four moves, right? So, for example, one of them was a quarterback. And I think I did, let's say it was Josh Allen. You know, I spent like $88, I think, on him. And then I had another name that was 87 and another name that was 86. Another guy I spent a boatload of money on was Rex Burkhead. Then I found another running back that I spent $1 less on. It was like the movie Brewster's Millions last night in that GST league. Just (laughs) spending money for the next 48 hours until it runs out. So, yeah, I missed... Everybody, I you got one of the guys, the spitting statisticians. No, that was a kicker. Uh, James and Who I got? I got Rex Burkhead. I got a quarterback for myself. I got a second tight end for myself, and I got a second kicker. Who's for the myself. QB that you got? Um, I'll tell you in a second. I think it might have been Josh Mullins. Allen, to be quite honest. You got Nick Mullins. I dropped Nick Mullins. Oh, you dropped, I dropped Nick, Nick Mullins, Mullins. Uh, for Josh Allen. For Josh Allen. That was probably it. I got Josh Allen. I got Rex Burkhead. I got uh, Higby as a second tight end, and I made sure to get two kickers just in case. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I'm rolling with one kicker. Uh, I, I'm going to have to figure something out for the rest of it. The, the good news in that league is that A.J. Green is now saying that he's coming back. He got shut down at the end of the 2016 season, and he said that that's not going to be the case this year. 
not happening this year. He affirmed his commitment to the only team he's played for in the NFL. My goal when I got drafted was to stay in one place the whole time, Green said, via the Cincinnati Inquirer. No matter what the situation was, I want to win. I want to bring something to this city. I don't want to be like, oh, A.J. left because he wasn't winning. It's not about football. That's just who I am to stay loyal to whoever gave me an opportunity. It's been fun. I, would rather, I wouldn't rather be nowhere else. In tough times, that's why I'm here. Try to lead these guys and get this thing back on the road for the future. He's got a little bit of Larry Fitzgerald in him, uh, I think. Uh, it, it's a lofty comparison, and I'm not saying he is Larry Fitzgerald, but he's got a little bit of that in him. I, I, he's a relatively quiet guy. He's a worker, just kind of gets the job done. He hasn't always had the biggest stats in the league, but it doesn't matter because everybody knows how great he is. Yeah, and I'm with you, and I like A.J. Green a lot as the <laughs> non-diva wide receiver, although, you know, he did he did uh, have fight night with Jalen Ramsey last year. I will say that. But um, I, here's, the, here's the one thing, and I, I agree with 90-some-odd Everybody's got a breaking point, Dane. It's true. It's true. Trust me, mine is tested from 7 to 8 a.m. every day. <laughs> However, um, here's what I'll say. And I am I, in line with what you say. And I think A.J. Green, you know, I'm a fan. OK, what I will say, though, is at this moment in time, what ex- what else would you expect him to say? You know, I'm reminded of things like Nick Saban promising his team he ain't going anywhere and then going to the Miami Dolphins three days later. Right. Like at this moment in time, what else is A.J. Green going to say, Mike? Yeah, I, I, I agree to an extent, but I, I don't think he has to put it on the line that he's absolutely playing and I'm, I'm absolutely coming back, you know, if everybody's putting it. Now, now, this would be the week where he should probably try and come back. They should probably try to save the season. If they get to five and seven, I mean, it may have already slipped away because they've lost five of six, but if they go to five and seven, put a fork in him, you know, like so, somebody yeah. somebody's going to outpace them the rest of the the rest of the way, uh, the last month of the season, if yep. they get to five, at some point seven. you got to lose the battle to win the war. Right. So, um, so that's it on AJ Green. I, I think he's talking about playing. It, now, talk is cheap, so we'll see exactly nice how yeah. uh, it goes on Thursday and Friday. But it seems like it's trending in the right direction after missing three games. I don't know what to expect out of him with Jeff Driscoll, but. I sure as hell would rather have A.J. Green than the guys that I'm rolling out there instead in that really deep league. It's looking like, right. I'm not kidding, Seth Roberts and Cordero Patterson are the guys that I have to back him up because I got devastated with injuries. So to those of you that are A.J. Green, fan, AJ Green owners, fans, light at the end of the tunnel. So a um, couple other pieces of big news. Sam Darnold doing drills for the first time since his injury. I would imagine they keep him out this week either way, Dane. I don't know that they're going to rush him back in against the Titans, but um, he'd only been a spectator since during drills and suffering the injury on November 4th, and now he's actually doing some drills. So as the resident Jets fan, what are your thoughts about Darnold the rest of the way for people doing things like what we're doing? We're angling for playoffs, needing a backup just in case it's a deeper league. Everybody's scooping up backup quarterbacks because they don't want to be left with a guy. Uh, Darnold's probably still on all those waiver wires. So what, do you, what is your thought for the, the final month of the season for him and if he even plays? Yeah, that's the thing, if he even plays, right? But the thing, so on one side, he's banged up, and I agree with you. They don't want to rush him back. No reason to rush back the franchise. We saw this in a similar way, obviously in a more high-stakes position at the beginning of the season with a guy like Carson Wentz, right? You don't rush him back because you expect him to be your quarterback for the next 10 years, so you're okay with being cautious for two weeks 
to save 10 years, right? And the same thing is here with the Jets uh, and an even, you know, lower stakes situation because the Jets do not have anything to play for in 2018. The wrinkle is Josh McCown is banged up also. You know what I mean, Blue? Yeah. So that's the wrinkle there. I believe uh, McCown also did not practice this week. He's got injuries, so he may be forced into action. But generally speaking, I want them to be cautious with Sam Darnold. And generally speaking, I know he was in the middle of the season kind of a turnover machine where he hit that rookie wall. But I'll tell you this. You asked me as the resident Jets fan. And as the resident Jets fan, I have seen enough, Blewett, to believe that, yes, Sam Darnold, is my quarterback for the next 10 years. They are going to ride with him. Will there be some growing pains? Yes, I accept that. He's not going to be Russell Wilson out of the gate. Fine, okay? But I think I've got my guy, and I think that in this offseason, they need to build up that offensive line. They need to not spend money on a toy like Le'Veon Bell, and instead, they need to continue to build smartly. I would be cautious with him, though, especially Blewett. The Jets, I do believe, just sent their starting left guard, James Carter, Carpenter to IR, right? So if they have a compromised offensive line, all the more reason I'd be cautious with Darnold. Where's Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg when you need him? Christian Hackenberg signed. Oh my God, I, I saw a note on this. I, I saw this. I saw this. I don't know where. <laughs> I think it was like the CFL, but Christian Hackenberg is working. Yeah. Um, so Eddie, for those just curious who that third string quarterback is, in case both guys were. Just, what it was decided that both guys couldn't go. It's Davis Webb, the Giants' former draft pick. Who, oh yeah, I uh, was backing up. So Davis Webb there as the third quarterback. So those are a couple of big pieces of news. Obviously, um, I, I heard you guys talking a little bit about the quarterback carousel. I'd like to hold that until the next segment, so we could dive into it a little yeah. bit deeper. As far as other pieces of news, Cody Kessler. I think you know to continue the quarterback conversation. Cody Kessler, very excited to have a starting opportunity. Bortles has been um, he's been professional about it. He said it's his fault. He put himself in this position. On the flip side, uh, right. Cody Kessler says, as a competitor, I'm excited. It's tough to get opportunities in this league, and to have one, I'm very excited. We have a, had a close quarterback room, so when things like this happen, it's part of the business, but at the same time, it's a little rough. So he's just talking about moving forward. He's not going to have left guard Andrew Norwell or running back Leonard Fournette on hand to help on that front, and quarterback Jalen Ramsey may also be out of the lineup. So he's coming into a team that is completely falling apart. Uh, I think we all know that. They are currently 3-8, and eight, and yep. they've now lost starting guards, starting running back, starting corner. They've played terribly. They blew games against the Steelers. They've gotten blown out against lesser teams. Uh, it's all a mess. We have no idea if either of these two quarterbacks will be on the team next year. But I'm telling you, and I'm not saying this jokingly, I think there's something there with Kessler. Not long-term for the Jaguars. I just think that he's the type of guy that, and I've said this before, he's the type of guy that the NFL likes. Now, that might be changing with guys like Pat Mahomes and Baker and other guys that can sling it like that. But Kessler is always going to be a tried and true, if nothing else, fallback option for NFL teams. I think he'll be in the league for a long time, even if he's like his USC compadre, Cody Kessler. So I'm sorry, Matt Castle. I think that you could those right. two guys could marry each other. Matt Castle got a starting gig at one point because he was able to play yeah. well. If Cody Kessler played lights out here for five weeks, somebody might be like, hey, 
This might be our guy. It could be the Jaguars. It could be some of the teams that you were talking about this morning. Maybe Cincinnati moves on. Maybe the Dolphins move on. Maybe the Bucks move on. Uh, and there's going to be jobs available. There, there'll be a few. Not that many, but there'll be a few. And th- those are probably all the teams, by the way. All the maybes. The three Florida teams. Yeah. Cincinnati. Right? Uh, the Giants. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. But uh, They'll be in the merry-go-round, in my opinion. I think the Giants. I heard what you said earlier about Tannehill. We, uh, let me get into that uh, again. Let me get into that a little bit deeper. Yeah, let's let, yeah, I want, sure. I'd rather start off the next segment with it to talk about it okay. uh, at full. So, uh, with this Indy-Jacksonville game, yeah, I do have ahead. one other thing, though, go in this Indy-Jacksonville game. By the way, I love Indy. I think you're right. These teams are moving in opposite directions. I think I like Indy minus five, laying the points on the road. But uh, that's another topic we could talk about on Friday. My question for this game uh, that I've been getting a lot of, Mike, is uh, who do you prefer, Carlos Hyde or TJ Yeldon? I think it's Yeldon for me. Uh, I've seen a I lot agree. of I've seen a lot of Hyde talk. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. get that. Look, Hyde was there for a game or two without Fournette right. in the mix, and they didn't really give him the ball much. Like he's got thirty-nine yards or something in four games. Like he, he's just not touching the ball. I, I understand yeah. that a big part of the rushing offense is now absent for a game, but I don't see them. I, I, I think it would be a little bit too much guesswork to be like, yeah, I think Hyde's the guy this week, and he'll see the ball 15 times. Like, what, what? evidence do we have of that? I, I I just think Yeldon, as long as he's healthy. We have seen Yeldon, though, in that situation. That's right. I think uh, Yeldon would be the guy know, that they would lead on. Um, could Carlos Hyde see 10, 12 carries? Sure. But what, how much is he going to do with that? I, I, I don't really know. No, I agree. I lean Yeldon as well, but there's been a lot of people asking me about Hyde for some reason, and I've been trying to stem the tide. I've been saying that I lean Yeldon. I just wanted to get your idea on it. Yeah, I, I would lean Yeldon, too, so I don't even see too much out of uh, Hyde this week. So, um, you know, just a little bit more transactions that happened. Uh, Naeem Hines, I know you talked about him at length in the previous yeah. hour. Uh, yeah. He's being picked up everywhere, if for no other reason that Marlon Mack is dealing with a concussion right now. Uh, he has shown some value, obviously, throughout the year. It kind of disappeared there for a few weeks. But with Marlon back on the shelf, I think it's fair to say that Naeem Hines is the guy, and not Jordan Wilkins, which people thought earlier this year could ha- earlier this year could happen. So Naeem Hines is a very popular pickup. I saw Antonio Callaway get picked up in a whole bunch of places. Uh, and now this is the time of year where people start angling. And I heard you talking also about the handcuff situation. I feel like that's been a primary discussion in the fantasy football world this week is setting yourself up for potential devastation in the playoffs, just making sure you're set up that way. So if you have a James Conner, you're going to have to go with Jalen Samuels. If you have Todd Gurley, I would hope you would have had Malcolm Brown months ago, but I'm seeing right. he get him get picked up just last night in a whole bunch I of I picked leagues. up Spencer Ware in a league last night yeah. or this week. That's right. So I think that's evidence of the types of things that you're angling for. Wayne Gallman to back up Saquon Barkley and on and on. I just think those are important moves to make. The Carlos Hyde and Naeem Hines could be temporary, but Hines is showing at least – 
an immediate path to some touches uh, with Marlon Mack dealing yep. with this concussion. So um, let's see who else. Justin Jackson is another guy that I saw get picked up in a couple of places with Melvin Gordon possibly being out. That's a, little a stretch bit longer, for me. Longer term, people are trying to back up Austin Eckler with Justin Jackson. Like, give me LeGarrette Blunt ahead of that. With I'm with you. Johnson still out. There. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I think, I guess the thought process, though, is that maybe Johnson is closer to playing than is Gordon. But there's Eckler there, man. I know. I know. And Eckler, I think, is a dude that is real. I, he might work against your Steelers on Sunday night. I, I agree. I think he could. But <laughs> how much – I mean, he when Gordon was out in the games this year, in the one game earlier this year, okay. when they kept him out right. for cautionary measures, Eckler saw tons of snaps. So he was dominant in uh, – Snaps and market share and end zone market share. He even had a, a fairly high rate of end zone mark, a red zone market share, even when Gordon was in. So he's clearly a valuable guy. I think people are just getting yeah. nervous if they're an Eckler owner. Like, can he weather the load for these next these next few weeks? And I, I think that's to be determined. But that's why you're seeing guys like Justin Jackson get picked up, even if it's a little bit of a reach. Like, you shouldn't be playing the guy. I'm, right, he's your. Hopefully, you're not playing your any of the policy. guys that we're talking about right now. Uh, notably, Malcolm Brown. <laughs> people don't want right. that guy to see the light of day, and he's been on my Scott Fishbowl team since week five because I just ran out of interesting people to pick up, and I was like, ah, let me take a shot here. And if he sees the field, that makes a lot of championship contenders very upset. Same with Jalen Samuels. <laughs> Believe me, <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy that does not want to see him. So, um, so there you go. You got um, defenses are moving around this week. Uh, I saw. Uh, Titans got picked up by a few people because they're playing the Jets with this uh, quarterback. I picked up carousel. Denver for us also. Mike. Right, Look, their that. schedule for the next four weeks are, yeah. is tasty. By the way, tasty. That's the one thing you, you, you just reminded me to, to circle back up to end the segment. The Jets schedule the rest of the way. It ain't easy. They lost five games. Yeah. They got at Tennessee, at Buffalo. Then they have Houston, Houston, Green Bay, and at New England. I mean, they could lose all five. And, and that would be absolutely fine with me as a Jets fan. Yeah, but then Todd Bowles has to go, right? He does, but that's okay because I want one of these new offensive minds to cultivate Sam Darnold the same way we're talking about. You want Lincoln Riley Baker. in the mix. Forget Baker. Bring him to New York. Let him work with Sam. I, I got an idea for that that All you're right. not going to like. We'll, we'll come back and talk QBs after this. It's Mike and Dane on FST. We'll be right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Great call. So, we were talking QBs going into the break. And the 
terrible QB shuffle happening in New York and Jacksonville right now of guys that, other than Darnold, of guys that nobody really wants to see out there. Uh, so, uh, and we touched on this the other day about potential landing spots for some of these QBs. And this is more of an NFL discussion than a fantasy discussion. But for those of you in dynasty leagues, you're going to have to start considering this. And I can tell you, I'm in a dynasty league where I had a very good run in this league for the first five uh, to six years. Made the playoffs every year. I actually won it twice. But for the last two to three years, I guess this is the eighth year. So, like, the last two to three years, um, it's just been falling. It's starting to fall apart. Like, it's not – I haven't bought a Like back. a real team would be. That's right. That's right. Like, I, I've been trying. Your window is what it is, yeah. I haven't been uh, to my uh, – it's my fault. I haven't been uh, terribly active in the trade market. I've always tried to build it, like, through the draft and, and pickups and all that kind of stuff. But if you're having success and you're drafting in a fantasy league, you're drafting – 12 to 16 every year which i had been doing it gets a little difficult to get any of the top end skill positions particularly at running back i've gotten lucky with chris carson i've had mark ingram since the onset but to give you a sense this is eight years ago when we did the draft my top rb was jamal charles he's out of the league now Mm -hmm. my top wide receiver was calvin johnson he's retired as well so um those types of things start to happen. And to the point about the QBs, my QBs for a long time have been Phil Rivers and Blake Bortles. So um, people can laugh about Bortles all they want, but honestly, from a fantasy standpoint, for years, he was really good. Didn't matter. The interceptions. Garbage time points matter. Yeah, the interceptions weren't as uh, painful in this league as they are in some. So Bortles was, you know, my quarterback that helped me kind of win a title. So anyway. Um, I got to move on from him. I, I don't think he'll be a starter anywhere next year. He'll he'll have a job. It won't be in Jacksonville, but right. they're going to move on. And he'll, he'll be the be, backup in Cincinnati or he'll something be like, like that. Yeah, he'll be like Osweiler, basically. Yep. That's, that's kind of what his role is going to be. And maybe he gets another shot at some point, but he'd have to earn it by beating people out or somebody getting hurt and or playing an injury tail off yep. and, and for, for 12 games and – you know, somebody decides to punk down money on him. But uh, so that's the reality. Um, you have to start planning ahead. And, and for me, I'm now going to be down to one quarterback. You know, I, I could probably roll into the season with Phil Rivers and Geno Smith so that I have one quarterback room. Charger QB. But right. then, I can, you know, I need somebody for a bye week at least. Right. So I have to draft. I have to acquire a quarterback. That will actually play next year. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And, and one thing that I did, I got lucky um, in a similar kind of league. I won't go into all the blood and guts of it, right? But I was in a similar fashion rolling with Patty Mahomes, right, who I had in this dynasty league because I drafted him as a rookie and then kept him, blah, 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 right? But what I was lucky about is that Mahomes' bye week wasn't until week 12 this year. Okay, blew it. So I was like... I got 12 weeks to figure it out. You know what I mean? And so then I was able to, I got lucky. I got to tell you, I got lucky. And in the draft, I was able to get like Lamar Jackson. And then by week 12, Lamar Jackson was a starter. My advice would be to, you know, next year in your draft, whenever you can, you get 
you know, Justin Bear, Drew Locke, uh, Will Greer, whatever it is, oh, and yeah. then hope that by the Chargers bye week, one of those guys are installed as a starting quarterback. Yeah, we have um, a five-man rookie squad, uh, taxi squad okay. there, practice squad, so you can stash yeah. quarterbacks. So I will, ha- I will absolutely be doing something like that. This is also the league where I think I told you I, I bid like – 275 bucks or something on Cody Kessler just to have right. just to have him around for two weeks because I was heading towards Chargers yep. by or whatever and, and Bortles is about mm-hmm. to be benched I think that was the situation but nonetheless and in those go ahead. In, in those leagues just real quick like conceptually here's a tip for you guys what I always do in these long time long time dynasty leagues where you say the talent is not really there and you may have to lose a draft pick to keep someone or blah 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 I draft rookie running backs everywhere in yes. those formats absolutely you know because those are going to be ascending assets I won a league like this with you know my friend James who you know and stuff and I only going into this draft because of who I was keeping I only had a third, a fifth, and an eighth round pick. I had a great team and I'm still 11 and 1, but and who were those picks? Carry on Johnson, Sony Michelle, and Jordan Wilkins. Yeah. If I hit on one of them, it's all good, you know, and like Four years ago, I did the same thing, and I had three picks, like a second, a fourth, and a sixth-round pick. And guess who I took? And I only hit on one of them, but boy, did it help me. I took, you ready for this? Uh, And you'll know it as a Steelers fan, Two rounds two, four, and six. That year, I drafted Monty Ball, Eddie Lacy, and Le'Veon Bell. There you go. And then I've owned, and I still own Le'Veon Bell. Remember, he was coming back from a knee injury in his rookie year, so That's I got right. him as a six round pick. Yeah, he started off slow uh, that rookie yep. year. He, he really didn't explode until his stop. His but you got to take the season. rookie guys that are ascending assets. In uh, essence. Agreed, agreed. Just, you, you never know. Like the Chris Carson thing, nobody was really looking at him. I was like, okay, I'll throw a few bucks on on this guy, have him on the roster, and you know, at some point, he becomes a starting running back during the year. So, <clears throat> um. So those empty quarterback rooms or the quarterback rooms that will be changing, we expect it to be Jacksonville, uh, I think Miami. There's a safe bet there. Uh, those are probably the two that you can bank on. Um, I actually, you know, well, I think the Giants are changing. Too. I, I was just about to say. So I, okay. I think the Giants, the Giants and Jacksonville are probably the two locks, right? And then yeah. Miami, probable. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati yeah. should maybe. But Tampa? I don't think so. I think mm. they should. But if you if you pressed me right now, I absolutely think they should. But the way they're almost in a similar position from an evaluation slash money slash where the franchise is mm-hmm. of keeping Jameis around for the one more year. Because you have to think of it this way if you're Tampa. Who are we going to go out and get that's right. more talented than Jameis? If they, if they had some moral objections to Jameis, he'd already be off the team. He'd be gone already, right. That's clearly not a priority, a priority over his talent, right? We see this right. with, I'm not going to go down the Reuben Foster wormhole. No, I hear you. It's glad that, I'm glad he's not playing right now. This is absurd that somebody Well, he got picked up, didn't he? Yeah. He got claimed. Yeah, but I, I think it's... Uh, uh, I don't think he's going to see the light of day this okay. season. I think the NFL is going to put him, keep him on Make the sure that exempt list. And same thing that happened with Adrian Peterson. Just keep him on ice for the rest of the year. I think it was Fair silly enough. for Washington to do it. It's just a stupid I think they did it. I think they did it because they have something like seven other former Alabama guys on defense. So I think they're trying to create a Oh, weird. Do teammates like him? That's funny. Yeah. 
crazy. Shocking. Right? Nice, in, nice investigation. So, uh, again, I don't, I don't get into it. I, I think it's really stupid they pick okay. him up. Fine he's, enough. He, Fair I think he's going to be on ready. ice, and I think he maybe should interview people other than his college teammates. So, um, so that's I think I think that's what's going to happen in Tampa. I think they'll suck it up, say, all right, we have this $19 million option. We'll take a look at him and then figure it out long term. Frankly, I think the Titans are going to do the same thing, even though mm. I have because they don't have to pay him now. They can right. if they are in desperate need of smoothing out their salary cap and it would it if and they believe in Mariota and it will help smooth out the salary cap to pay other people, then they can do it. But they don't have to pay him now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I hear you. They could kick the can down the road. That's right. You're right. And I think they will. I and think both I think the Bucks and Tampa, uh, the Bucks and Titans will do that. Even though I think the Titans believe in Mariota. If they if they put down a big contract, it wouldn't stun me. Um, but because there's been injury issues with him, um, they may want to take another season to figure it out. He's had an elbow injury. He's had other. He's had various injuries since he's been in the league. It's just the reality. I got two more surprise ones for you, off-the-beaten-path ones. Okay, Blue uh, It. What do you Steelers. think? No. <laughs> that's, not, I, I hear, that's interesting, uh, but no, that's not He's where not I was retiring. going. He's not one of them is the Washington football team. Alex Smith is 34, coming off a gruesome injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it could be a landing spot for somebody, but they're not going to move on from Alex Smith. They can't. I'm not saying they move on from him, yeah. but like the guy had a gruesome injury. He's in his mid-30s. There's a non-zero chance. Alex Smith is a, strikes me as a smart guy who's made a lot of money. There's a non-zero chance he's like, you know what? This game is pretty violent. Forget you guys. I'm going home. There's also a non-zero chance that he's not all the way back by when they need him to be. He's not going to be all the way back ever. Right. So the organization needs to make a decision. Alex Smith's one of Alex Smith's best assets was the fact that he was a pretty athletic guy. I mean, yeah. So I think that's over. right. That rushing quarterback under the radar, and that's done probably. Yeah. So I'm just saying, there's, you know, Washington has a decision to make on a quarterback in their mid 30s that they've only had for one year. They don't have a huge amount of you know history with. Um, could they do a mid level thing that's like a threat? Could they do a guy like Tannehill? That they yeah. know is not necessarily an answer, but can be, you know, better than a backup kind of thing. Yeah, like if they're like, well, Colt's not going to get it done. Let's bring in Tannehill here. He's a little younger. Right. We can get a little bit. Maybe we get a little right. juice out of this guy. Jay Gruden feels like he could. Could they get a him. Bortles? To be quite honest. Oh. <laughs> Imagine selling that. I, Imagine. But you would sell that. it as the backup to Alex Smith, the insurance policy. I. I mean. I, I can't imagine a harder guy to sell in the league right now. I heard you talking Fine, about. Tannehill. I heard Tannehill. you talking about Tannehill to the Giants and George Kurtz saying that that would be a tough sell. I I think he's right. right. I think Giants fans would be really ticked if they're like 2019. Right. That's the move. Ryan Tannehill. Like, and kidding? they're drafting Will Greer. You know what I mean? Yeah, or, I and it. they're drafting Herbert. Yeah. 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 So. Justin Herbert, another six six guy. Good luck with that. So, uh, all these tall quarterbacks stink. I got one more space, yeah. one more team. Yeah. And this is kind of I acknowledge this is a like two percent chance. Okay. But in the same way that like Andy Dalton is, you know, how far can they go with him? There's a new regime in this place. They're trying to change the identity of this team. This is a guy who has is is good. And has been stretches where people think he's an MVP candidate, but 
is not the guy that's getting anyone over the hump right now. What about Detroit, Blewett? Uh, I, I get where you're going with that. I just think it's a chemistry issue right now. And I, I don't think, like, Matt Stafford's play, it's been subpar this year for him. But I don't think it's because he's plummeted in, with his skill set. I just think that it's – I just think there's a bad mix right now between head coach and offensive coordinator and probably a lack of integrity regarding the talent evaluation. Like, I think the Lions mm-hmm. think they're better <laughs> than they are. I think right. <laughs> Gabe Morris, he says this a lot. They're a team that if you coach the heck out of them, they probably win nine games. Yeah, they're the Bengals of the NFC. Yeah, probably. I, I would like to think that Detroit is a little bit. And that's why that, I think but. Stafford is similar but slightly better than Andy Dalton. At some point, that story's got to end. And Patricia comes from the New England tree, right, where they do it a year early instead of a year late. Well, I'm me, just saying, if Stafford this, was though. in the merry-go-round, it'd be really interesting. If you put Matt teams. Stafford in a more dynamic offense, like, say, yeah. what Mitch Trubisky was in, don't you think he would be really good? I think Stafford would be great with, say, oh, I don't know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. I, I don't even know what to say about that because, like, you just want Stafford to throw it 700 times like he used to. I sure. mean, he obviously can do that. So, sure. But that, so that's where you, I, I get where you're going with that. But um, I, I can't even place anybody in Tampa because I, hold, I think the whole thing's going to explode in the next three <laughs> you're weeks. Right. I, I mean, yeah, well, I really the new did. head coach will figure that one out, right? I think the only guys <laughs> left standing are – I mean, Gerald, Evans. Gerald McCoy, McCoy, Mike Evans, right. Jameis, and... Ronald Jones, incredibly enough. Right. <laughs> Amazingly. Ronald Jones and then Levante David. So right. everybody else. Like, O.J. Howard, maybe. But, that, yeah, but yes, you're right. But, yeah. yeah, and they paid Brait, too. But, you know, they have some defensive <laughs> yeah. backs that they've drafted there. They still can't cover anybody. Um, the weird thing is that defense has a bunch of talent on it. And they just they stunk the whole year. Two, two defensive coordinators, they, they stunk. So, um, yeah, so th- there, there are going to be some open spots there. I think we've talked about this before as to who's going to rank at the top of the list, but it'll, it'll be Flacco and Bridgewater, I, I think, from a free agency standpoint. Terod Taylor, Terod? Based, on, based on the stuff that we've just talked about, there may not be that many openings. There really may not be. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying we're saying definitely the G-men and – Definitely Jacksonville. Jacksonville. But what if Kessler played lights out for it's just hypothetical? What if he played lights out for five weeks and they're like, this is the guy? I was just got through saying, uh, you know, in the previous I think segment. PR wise, they have to make the move. Similar to like, yo, Greg Williams is winning with the Cleveland Browns, but they can't stick with Greg Williams as the coach. Don't they have to make the move. Be surprised by what the Browns do. Never be surprised. But what the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals will do in terms of <laughs> personnel and coaching moves. They do some really curious stuff. I know this is a Steelers fan. You hear fan. Bruce Arians kind of lobbying for that job in Cleveland? Good for him. I mean, he can lobby for all he wants. He's not getting that job. I mean, that would be crazy. I think Bruce Arians is a really talented guy, but he clearly wore on that team in Arizona, and I don't know that you want to bring a head coach with a huge personality like that into a room where the quarterback has a – way oversized personality. It's okay right. for him because he's 23 years old and he hopefully can get it under control, but I, I wouldn't want to a combustible potential relationship like that. 
You know yeah, I mean? he could pose in his underwear with uh, tigers and lions with Baker. <laughs> uh, so and he did manage uh, Freddie Kitchens once, you know, kind of get that all consistent, have Greg Williams run the defense. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. It's interesting that Arians is kind of singling it out that he would like to go there. Yeah, well, I don't blame him for putting it out there. So, uh, look, every, everything else is sort of accounted for. I think the Raiders, uh, you know, I've, I've made my bones about – I've said my piece about Derek Carr, but I don't think that'll happen next year necessarily. Um, and then you got Garoppolo coming back from an injury and everything else. Yeah. It's already kind of fallen into place with all these rookies. You, you, got, you got the five rookies. They're all starting already. And – those teams have moved on. Like those are their quarterbacks of the future. So uh, there isn't going to be as many openings available as one would have thought. Dallas would have could have been one. Like if if Dak's play had continued to plummet, you could have considered a move in Dallas. But right now they're in the mix. We'll see how he plays here for the last month. Um, so that's kind of it. We'll talk about uh, Cowboys Saints here in the next um, segment, and also. You want to talk a little bit about playoff strategy as we get towards it. It's week 13. Your playoffs are upon you. Final transactions coming in in certain leagues. So Dana and I will wrap up the Thursday edition of FST after the break. I don't know what song this is, but I kind of like it. We're rocking it out on a Thursday morning, and we'll be right back to help you out with your playoff run. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Thursday morning. Saints Cowboys tonight, Dane. A little juice in that game. Both teams played this their fourth game in 18 days for both teams. Yeah. Both teams are three and zero. Amazingly, I, I didn't think the Cowboys were going to run this gauntlet at all, and I don't think they're going to finish it off. But one of these teams will be four and zero after playing the four games in 18 days. Pretty impressive. That is impressive. Even the and I three will and one team this, is. In, I'm impressed, but sure. the four and zero is and, unbelievable. And I will say this, Blewett. I am always railing against the NFL as an institution for things like their inconsistent policies and player safety and things of that nature. I will give credit where it's due. A couple of years ago, they changed it so that this Thursday night game always used two of the teams that were playing on Thanksgiving, yep. giving them the full monicum of rest. I think that is a smart move. Finally, something smart to protect the players. Yeah, they get legit rest here at the end of the year. So they yeah. get a regular one week. You know, it, it stinks to go from where the, the Thursday previous... night football. It's only this week and week one, you know, where those guys are on regular rest. Yeah, true. Um, so it stinks to have to turn around and do the Thanksgiving game. But at the same time, you know, uh, to your point, they, they do their best to – Make it a little bit easier for them after this. So uh, that game tonight, uh, seven and a half right now. The Saints are in front. I'm looking at Westgate Sportsbook, and then it's a 52 total. So we'll get to that in a moment. But you said you might have another strategy point uh, regarding people lining up for the playoffs. What was 
What was the thing that you wanted to sure. kind of surface there? No, I think I just, we, we um, are on these kind of things. I think we know about handcuffing your studs. We've talked about Malcolm Brown, Rod Smith, Spencer Ware, Wayne Gallman, Jalen Samuels, that sort of thing. My question for you, though, is kind of like where do you draw the line on that? And I say this because yesterday me and Scott had a very interesting conversation. I don't know if you've seen Scott's rest of season rankings, but he is taking the Chase Edmonds, uh, Cameron Artis Payne to an extreme. Uh, he has Cameron Artis Payne ranked ahead of some starters in the NFL. Blew it. And I think it's a little too far. You know, Scott's idea is that, like, Cameron, for example, he has Cameron Artis Payne ahead of Isaiah Crowell, Mike. Yeah. And he says that, like, in the situation, like, you are better served in the non zero chance that you lose McCaffrey of what that makes uh, Cameron Artis Payne become better than what you know Isaiah Crowell is. Do you take this handcuffing strategy that far? Probably not that far, no. I, I, w- I couldn't rank them accordingly, but I think the, the, the reality of that situation is that you're likely going to have a chance to pick up Cameron Artis Payne, and Isaiah Crowell is already sitting on somebody's roster. So I think Scott can right. say it's a higher priority for you, the player, but I wouldn't say that. At this moment, Cameron Artis Payne is more valuable than Isaiah Crowell. There's a there's a chance, to your point, a non-zero chance that he could score hey. roughly zero points for the rest of the year. So how valuable is he? Um, I get what right, Scott but is saying. He's not, Isaiah Crowell's not scoring any points for you either on your bench, and you're always benching Isaiah Crowell. Okay. So his point is that when Cameron Artis Payne comes in for the injured Chris McCaffrey, I knock on wood because right. I, I do not need that to happen. Yeah. So I hear you. Um, that Cameron Artis Payne will start ripping off 20-point games and you'll play him over Isaiah Corral because he's only knocking out 9 to 11-point games. That's the point, right? Right. right. I don't know that the Cameron Artis Payne is going to do that. I don't have a lot of faith. The, uh, wh- give me one offense. Give me, all right. Uh, here, what are the offenses that have done that? The Chargers, the Steelers, right. and the Saints. Anybody else coming in like when somebody has an off game and be like, man, as soon as that guy goes out, the backup just comes in and just starts ripping off. Spencer Ware? No, he didn't do that. He was good I'm for, just, for but a But isn't it, has he done it or the potential? It's like the path to being in your starting lineup. My point is you like we I mean? have and history on some of these guys, and it isn't the yeah. case. And it doesn't happen. Right. Saying. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, what about like uh, uh, Rod Smith, Darren McFadden for Zeke Elliott last year? Yeah. How great were they? Not great enough. Right. But were they better than, say, the just-a-guy replacement level starting running back? I'd have, I don't well, know. I think that's yeah. that's Scott's point, I guess. You know, the path to starting for way your off. team. I don't think he's, like, way off. Like, Isaiah in... Crowell's not starting for your team. There is a chance, if you own David Johnson, that Chase Edmonds could be a viable part for you. Starting. Yeah. If, in, in the doomsday scenario. Totally But understand. I digress. That's all I wanted to talk about. Totally understand. We should talk Thursday Night Football. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's assuming, though, that Chase Edmonds is going to be uh, at least close to what David Johnson is. And 80% I, I of David I Johnson. I can't guarantee right. that, you know. So I, I think there's merit to what he's saying, but it's it's I can't do it as a bright line test. So to your point. I think there's some offenses where it works. Like, for example, we are buying into Josh Reynolds in a similar concept. Hell, yeah. Because it's an extremely concentrated offense. It is shown to be. The, right. the fact that they got any targets to Everett and Higby was new because for the most of the years, it was extremely concentrated offense where 90% of the targets were to 
passing targets were to Gurley and the three wide receivers. So I did think that Josh Reynolds could come in there. So I spent a ton of money on him in the two leagues. Uh, I am banking on him to be a version of Cooper Cup that's viable. And he was in Week 11. I get what that Week 11 game was. It was the, one of the highest scoring games in the history of the NFL. But, it, you know, whatever. Um, I, I put could, him in our starting lineup this week, by the way. Hell yeah, you did. He's a starter for me now. In the two leagues where I have him, he's a starter for me the rest of the way. So it has to be. Cool. So, uh, all right, Saints-Cowboys, like I said, minus 7.5. We got a 52 over. First of all, you like points to be scored in this one. I I was talking with uh, George, and I think, you know, the boxing axiom, like, style makes fight? Yeah. I think that's what's going to rule the day here. Dallas is going to want to go time of possession, feed Zeke, keep breezing that offense off the field. They better. Right. And you know that the Saints will score, right? So I think Vegas is sort of hedging their bet also and riding the fence. It's like in the low 50s, you said, what, 52, something like that? So, like, to me, it's a style make fight kind of thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas is able to effectively slow it down. However, as you know, Blewett, I refuse to bet an under in the NFL this year ever again. True. Uh, I just wonder to – I think the greater point for me is I, I think Dallas can keep it close. I can't just assume that the Saints keep blowing everybody out. Um, right. But I do think the Saints get the win here tonight. Um, yeah, seven and a half. I'm looking on FanDuel Sportsbook right now, and it's seven and, seven and a half, half and 51 and that a half. That hook scares so, you, huh? Yeah, it does. Does it not scare you? I, I mean, that's they the thing. The it's Ravens like the style makes one. fight, right? They beat the Ravens right, by one. one. They eked it out last week to cover, and that's after the Falcons fumbled the ball twice in the red yeah. zone. Um, I, I think the Saints will win. Uh, money line all day on the Saints but if, if, you're getting any, yeah. if you're getting any value. But, um, you know, I, I'm just not down with the okay. seven and a half, I don't think. Yeah, I mean – you know, I see this game playing out two ways. I mean, this is not going to be great analysis, Mike, but I see this game playing out one of two ways. One, it's a nip-and-tug game, and Dallas is able to, you know, be conservative and stuff like that. And in that scenario, I think New Orleans wins and doesn't cover. The other scenario is, like, as it's been for the last month, no one can stop the Saints. And then Dallas will just struggle to keep up, and the gap widens. You know, the question is, those first two drives, I think George Kurtz put it great. Those first two drives, can the Cowboys hold the Saints to field goals instead of touchdowns? Like, this could be 10-6, or it could be 17-6, like mid-second quarter. Yeah. And that, like, then, and it goes from there. That's what happened thing, to the Falcons, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Breeze, Breeze right. aiming for his I fifth game in a row with three touchdowns, uh, three-plus touchdowns and a 110-plus rating. And in his past four versus Dallas, he's completed yep. 76% of his passes for 384 yards per game. Touchdown-to-interception ratio, 11-to-1. How about that? Sounds like just his MVP season. What Sounds he, like what he's doing every week right now. You mentioned a ridiculous 70-something percent completion percentage. That's what he's doing this year. He leads That's the actually, NFL, I think, yeah. lower than his year this year. Yeah, he leads you know? the NFL in completion percentage with a 76.4. And he leads, in QB, he leads in QB rating. Will you have any guess what it might be? His QB rating? Yeah. Uh, 112. 127. Wow. <laughs> it would slaughter the single-season wow. the record. So... So that's the thing. Like, who's stopping him right now? So give me the Saints minus eight. Yeah, I mean, they who's do, stopping them right they now? They do have a good pass rush. Toronto Armstead is out for the Saints. So I think they're 
I, I think. And then he dumps it off to another MVP candidate, Alvin Kamara. Right. So I, I don't think they'll win, but they could make it a little uncomfortable for him. He just happens to be particularly good when you're bringing pressure. Um, you can't blitz. They can only rush four. If they blitz, he'll kill them. Um, so they're just going to have to uh, roll with it there. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're playing all your Saints, the Traquan Smith thing. I think it's a. It's a case-by-case scenario. That's I'm not telling you as a yeah. must-start. Uh, on the Dallas side of things, Dak is probably a 2QB league kind of guy. Zeke is in your lineups. Amari Cooper has shown himself to absolutely be a starter. Absolutely. So He's uh, a wide-out, too, for me moving yeah, forward. I, I, I'd say you're right, um, even though Washington blew those couple of plays. So I, the 180 is a bit much, but I do think he's shown to be a big part of this offense. They want him to yep. make big plays. They want him to have the ball in his hands. So, um, so there you go. Uh, outside of that, I, I think you're you're taking shots. <laughs> like I'd love to sit here and tell you that I know Austin Carr and Dan Arnold and Keith Kirkwood and Tommy Lee Lewis right. will score their touchdowns again, but uh, all it did was frustrate all the owners of all the other players. So, um, so your call. What's your call then on what happens yeah. tonight? Give me a score. So what I do to my a score, sure, uh, I do think the Saints are able to pull away. I think Dallas keeps it close, and then the Saints pull away third quarter. You know, so give me a – give me like a 31-17 kind of game. That's what it was against the Falcons. Uh, I, that make, that kind of makes sense yeah, to me. So Something uh, like that. But here's what I would do because I can see Dallas in time of possession. People aren't going to like it. Let's not get too crazy. Let's not get too cute. Give me Saints money line tonight. Yeah, I'll, I'll go 27-20 Saints. Yeah. It, it could be comfortable. Maybe Dallas is trying to get back into it late, but 27-20. Saints, Saints money line. Clock out. Uh, I'll give you two prop bets, one on the Dallas side of things. Let's go Amari Cooper receiving yards, 71. Over. And I'll give you one on the Saints side. Mark Ingram rushing yards, 56 and a half. I'll take the over on both. We'll come back, wrap that up tomorrow. It's not our official game for either of us tonight. I'll let Foo play out. Good luck tonight. Good luck in the playoffs. And we'll recap this game tomorrow.